Maybe if people were choosing to live an undivided life, fully focused on God, they would choose to set aside drugs and alcohol and would have daily devotions. Others would stop to have, would decide to stop having fits of rage and would intentionally volunteer and serve at a church. Maybe they would be willing to forgive someone that hurt them and would intentionally share their faith with others. Or maybe they would choose not to gossip and would intentionally grow and invest in their own spiritual life. These are people that live undivided, holy, living, loving God. It's good, here to, it's good to be here with you this morning. If you uh, don't know me, I'm not Pastor Randy. Um, I, I, my hairline is just a little further back than his is. And uh, that's where we're going to stop the comparisons, okay? <laughs> but I'm not Pastor Randy. My name is Zach. I'm the uh, youth and young adult pastor here. Um, and so if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, I'd love to meet you afterwards. Um, but this morning is, is an exciting morning for me. Uh, we're, we're in, I was supposed to speak last Sunday, but my wife and I were sick last week. And so Pastor Randy and I just flip-flopped. And so I'm getting to speak this morning. But before I get too far into my message, I just want to say thank you, Pastor Randy, for allowing me to speak this morning. It's always a privilege and an honor to be able to do this. I also want to give my wife honor. Um, she is a great sidekick, great partner, ministry partner. Um, anything that I have a idea of, she can make it happen. And so I'm thankful for such a great wife. Um, this morning, if you've been here with us the past couple of weeks, we've been going through a series called Pursuit. And this Sunday is the last Sunday of that. In weeks previous, we've discussed, Pastor Randy's discussed, uh, pursuing the king. Second week, he talked about pursuing opportunities. And la last week, he talked about pursue giving. And this week, I get to continue in on that series and finish this series. And this morning, we're going to talk about pursuing relationships. Say relationships. relationships. Pursuing relationships. But before I get too far into my message, I want to do an exercise uh, um, uh, just something simple, just a thought process, and I want to pose a question to you, okay? And, and just humor me and think this direction, okay? How would you live? What would you do if you had 30 days left to live? You just got the news that you have 30 days left to live. Now, this may be uncomfortable, maybe may seem more, morbid, but I'm going somewhere, I promise, so just track with me. What would you do if you had 30 days left to live, now that you, I've got this idea in your, in your head and you're thinking and you're with me, let me ask you a few questions. What now? What do you do now? Maybe the, you think of the Tim McGraw song, Live Like You Were Dying, Go uh, Bull Riding, Skydiving, all that. No, what would you do now that you have 30 days left? Are your priorities different? Will the conversations that you have be different? But the main question I want to ask you, you ready for it? If you had 30 days left to live, will you love differently? Will you love differently now knowing that there's only 30 days left? Will you love differently? Will you love completely? Think about that one. Will you love completely? What does it even mean to do that? What does it even mean to love completely? Well, Jesus talks about loving completely in the passage that we're going to read in Mark 12. But before we go there, you can go ahead and start turning there. Mark 12 is where we're going. But before we get there and we read the passage, I want to just set the scene and tell you what's going on in this passage. Jesus is teaching and he's among the crowds and he's teaching about first the authority that he has from heaven. 
Then in, this, in Mark 12, he talks about the parable of the wicked tenants. And as he's speaking to this crowd, he talks about giving, and he's talking about taxes. And then he speaks about marriage and about heaven. And so Jesus is in the midst of this crowd, in this large crowd, and, the, and there's Pharisees and Sadducees, and they were asking questions, but they weren't genuine questions, were they? They were questions there to try and trap him, to try and trip him up. Hey, let me see if I can throw this at you. Throw this curveball and see if you can hit it. And it was during these trapping and sly questions that a person genuinely asked a question. He was genuinely seeking an answer, and he comes to Jesus, and that's what we're picking up in Mark 12, verse 28. If you have your Bible, you can follow along. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen for you. Mark 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, you've already heard Pastor Randy kind of allude to this this morning. I was hoping that he'd preach my message for me, but he didn't. So here we, you get to hear it. This is what Jesus answered. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, with all your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than this. There is no greater... Lost my place. There is no greater commandment than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is, important, is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. And so a teacher of the law has come, and all these people are asking Jesus questions, and he asks a genuine question in this moment. And in Jesus' teaching, we find the answer, how to love completely. I started with the question, if you had 30 days, would you love completely? What does that mean? And in Jesus' teaching, he teaches us how to do that. Jesus points out three aspects of love that if we would, if we would practice, if we would do, then we could love completely. It's complete love for our lives. Jesus teaches that we should love the Lord our God, we should love others, and we should love ourselves. These three are components of complete love. The first one is love God completely. Say love God. Love God completely. Jesus is clear when he speaks to the crowds and to the teacher of the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength, love him completely. Loving God should be our first and our primary goal. Jesus says that we should love our God with everything, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. But what does that mean? To be honest, I could have easily separated your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and each one of those could be its own sermon. But loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength means 100% intentional devotion in all these areas. With all you have, love God. With every area, with every ounce, with every being in you, love God. But the problem with our heart is oftentimes we, be, we become divided among day-to-day -day activities. The problem with our souls, we get passionate for other causes, and, and, and God sometimes goes on the back burn. The problem with our minds is that we live in a fallen world, and there's often things that, that come into our mind and, and make us distracted. The problem with our strength is that we're often too busy doing things other than working at the church or, or volunteering or serving for God. We're too busy with leisure activities. So let me ask a question. Can you, 
And this is only you can answer this. Can you, with good conscience and truthfulness, say that you've loved God fully and undivided this past week? Have you been fully passionate and single-minded towards God this week? Have you spent all of your strength for God? Most of us, if not all of us, would say other things got in the way of our devotion to God. There was something that kept me away. Maybe I made myself a little too busy with this one thing. We often become divided. We experience the busyness of life, the requirement for entertainment. We, we have the unhealthy need of others. There's, again, I mentioned we live in, an, in a fallen world. There's the temptations of the world that come in. There's so many other things that influence us and divide our love from God. Each day we live a life, we, we live life hoping to be worthy of the salvation that God has given us, but we live in a fallen world that divides our attention, that, that takes away our strength, that takes away the, the, the mental processes of our mind. The temptation divides us, divides our heart, our soul, and minds, and strength. I want you to know if, if, you're, if you're right there this morning, if you're saying, maybe I didn't live to the fullest of loving God this past week, listen, there's no shame. There's no shame. You're not alone in experiencing this. This is just a sign that maybe there's room for growth. Maybe there's room for development this morning. So the question is, how do we love God completely with no division and no failure? In the Old Testament, when this command is given in Deuteronomy 6, this is what Pastor Randy was referring to. In Deuteronomy 6, starting with verse 4, God describes wholehearted love towards himself. And it's going to be on the screen as well. Here it is. And I want to read this to you. And I hope that you see the same answer and commonality that, that we can see how to love God wholeheartedly. This is what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your heart. Okay? Well, how do we do that? How do we put these commandments upon our heart? And he goes on to explain. Impress them on your children. We've heard this already this morning. So this is, I've been told in class, when you hear something more than once, it's probably important, or you're, you're more likely to remember it when you leave, impress them upon your children. When you, when you sit at a dinner table, when you sit in the living room, talk about how good God is. Impress them. Talk about how you can love God with all your heart, with everything in you, with all your being, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. But more importantly than talking about it, show them what it looks like to love God. Impress this upon your children. The second one, it says, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Here we have two pairs of opposites. When you sit down, when you get up, when you walk, or when you lie down. Two pairs of opposites. Basically what it's saying is in everything you do, in every moment, in every area, in every place, activity, think upon these commands to love the Lord your God. This is very intentional. And it's a continual emphasis in everything that I do. I'm going to think upon these commands. Verse 8 says, tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, I don't know if this is practically, it's, it's practical to be literal on this, to, bind, to tie them as a symbol or bind them on your forehead. But something that I tell the youth often is set a screen or set a background on your phone screen. We always have a phone in our pocket, and every time you pull it out, you can see and be reminded as a symbol that I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and my strength. And remind yourself often, I was thinking through this earlier, when you wake up in the morning and you see that phone screen, remind yourself, 
Well, maybe it's been a rough day. So about 8.30, look at your phone, remind yourself again. Lunchtime rolls around, remind yourself again. Two o'clock, I need to look at my phone screen and remind myself constantly thinking upon these things. Or maybe I tell the youth, hey, write it on an index card. Put it on your bathroom mirror. So anytime you're getting ready, you can read, hey, today I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and my strength, everything in me. Today's the day. Write it on an index card. So it may not be as practical to tie it as a symbol or to bind it on your forehead, but these are two practical steps. Put it on your background of your phone screen or write it on an index card, or even girls, write it in lipstick if you have to. Going on, number nine says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Again, this is very intentional, and it's public. God continues for eight more verses about intentional and purposeful decisions and actions that a person can do living wholly to God. And so we must, if we're, if we're going to love God with everything in us, what, is it, what do we have to do? We have to be intentional. A hundred percent on purpose. Loving God completely is no accident. Loving God completely is not something that just happens. It's, it's something that we're, we're thoughtful of, we're intentional of. Jesus commands us that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, minds, and strength. What does that mean? It means a hundred percent intentional, on purpose. I've made a decision to be this way. Nothing is going to get into my way devotion to God. Loving God completely doesn't just happen. It's an intentional choice that we make for our lives. The key word is intentional. It's an intentional decision that we have to make. And again, I can imagine if we only have 30 days left to live, that many of the things that that life has, has brought at us, the distractions that may divide our hearts would be gone. Maybe if people were choosing to live an undivided life, fully focused on God, they would choose to set aside drugs and alcohol and would have daily devotions. Others would stop to have, would decide to stop having fits of rage and would intentionally volunteer and serve at a church. Maybe they would be willing to forgive someone that hurt them and would intentionally share their faith with others. Or maybe they would choose not to gossip and would intentionally grow and invest in their own spiritual life. These are people that live undivided, holy, living, loving God. First thing to do to live your last 30 days with purpose is love God completely. Second one that I have for you is to love others completely. Say love others. others. Just making sure you're still with me. So let me tell you a quick story, set a scene for you, okay? The setting is Golden Corral. Anybody like Golden Corral? So here we find in this story, a man is standing, and he's got Thousand Island dressing dripping from his hair. It's dripping from his glasses. Thousand Island dressing is all over his jacket, his pants, his shoes. It's everywhere. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a little, little cup of Thousand Island dressing. I'm talking two gallons worth of Thousand Island dressing is pouring down this man. What had happened is a waitress was walking out of the kitchen and it was the swinging top doors and she's standing there and the door hits her in the backside and she throws the Thousand Island dressing and it lands on this man. And the guy did not care for it. He went ballistic. He said he started shouting and screaming things at her. You're so stupid. How could you do something so dumb? You're such a terrible, awful person. This is a brand new suit. It cost me $300. And he goes on and he goes on and his wife joins in and and she says, yeah, this is his new suit, $300. It's the first time that he's even gotten to wear it. 
The man screams, I need to see a manager. Anytime you hear that, it's not good. I need to speak to a manager. Here's the waitress. She's thoroughly shaken. She's upset. She's sad. She's, she feels guilty for what she's done. She goes to the, to the manager and says, hey, somebody needs to talk to you. The manager comes out. Now picture this. Here's this man standing here again, Thousand Island dressing all over him, uh, uh, on his glasses, on his jacket, on his, everywhere. It's everywhere. And the manager comes out and he says, is there a problem? Is there, and so the man responds, is there a problem? She's ruined my $300 suit. It's brand new, and I need a new suit now. Manager says, we'll be glad to get your suit clean. He's trying to de-escalate the situation. Hey, we'll be glad to get you a new suit. Accidents happen. We're really sorry about this. The man chimes back, no, I don't want a new suit. I I mean, I don't want my suit clean. I need a new suit now. I demand a $300 check right here and right now. Well, to avoid a bigger scene, the manager goes back into the office, writes a $300 check, and justice is served. Sadly, this is a true story believe it or not. And it happened at about 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So just think with me for a second. Why would somebody be wearing a new suit on a Sunday afternoon? Could it be perhaps that he had just come from church? Is it safe to assume that maybe possibly he had just heard a sermon about loving your neighbor as yourself? Once again, we said that Jesus was very clear when he talked about loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your strength. And he's just as clear as he continues to speak when he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, Jesus points out three aspects of love that if we were to do this, we would love completely. He commands that we are to love our neighbors completely. And so whenever I hear this, I think three questions. The three questions that come to mind, well, who's my neighbor? What does Jesus have to say on the matter? And what about the people that I don't really care for? Am I supposed to love them too? Right away, we ask the question, well, who is my neighbor? Sorry. Right away, we ask the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells us who our neighbor is in Luke 10, verse 29. And that's when Jesus responds to the question, telling the parable of the Good Samaritan. And without going into too much detail here, Jesus says that your neighbor is anyone you encounter, anyone you come in contact with. We're all neighbors of each other. A neighbor isn't just a neighbor because of the proximity of your homes. It's not just because you live close to each other. A neighbor is anybody that you come in contact with. Jesus teaches us that any person is your neighbor. So this command to love thy neighbor is repeated 12 times throughout Scripture. And it's a common statement whenever the commandments of God are written and discussed. To be honest, most of the commandments in Scripture can be summarized by this one. And that's not me saying that. That's Paul saying that. Paul says in Romans 13, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. We know these. These are part of the Ten Commandments. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So the Bible has a lot to say for how we're supposed to treat others, how we're supposed to love others, and states that love fulfills what God intends to do for our lives. Love is the fulfillment. Again, I could quote dozens of scriptures that teach us to build up one another. 
that teach us to seek the best for others, to forgive one another, to guard each other's marriages, to not take out frustrations on one another. Dozens and dozens of examples could keep going. But I got to ask the second question. What does Jesus say about loving others? Did he say something about this? Well, he did. Jesus said it simply and plainly in John 15, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. And when I try and sit and describe the love that God has for me, when I sit and think about the love that Jesus pours out on me, I, I think of things that, and, and, and ultimately how I should be loving others. I think of a love that's forgiving. I think of a love that's boundless. I think of a love that shows grace, a love that's encouraging, a love that's deep, a love that's intense, that's uncompromising, that's sincere. This is how Jesus loves me. This is how Jesus loves you. And in turn, we should show that love to others. We love because he first, if you only had 30 days to live or 30 days to love, I feel like we would, need, we would love those around us completely. But there's still that third question right? Well, what about the ones that I don't really care for? What about the ones that I don't like? What about the ones that are hard to love? And if I'm honest with you, this is super difficult, right? We've all been there. It's hard to love those people that we don't like. It's tough. And I don't, I don't often, I don't all the time want to love those people. Fortunately for us, Jesus never says anything about loving that. I'm just kidding. He does. He says, he says in Matthew 5, he says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And so Jesus tells us that we're not only to love those people, but we're to pray for those that we don't like. You see, loving others completely and, and being a good neighbor that Jesus would approve of means that you realize that everyone you come in contact with is worthy of the same love that Jesus has given you, even the ones that you don't like. That's loving our neighbors completely. And this love is based not on how they treat you. This, this love is not based on what they've done for you or done against you. This love is based in what Christ has done for you. This kind of complete love, again, is easy to talk about. It's much harder to walk out. But that's why this love comes from God. It's a love that comes from God to us so that we may extend to others. If you only had 30 days left, I would hope and pray that you would love God completely and that you would love others completely. As I was thinking over this message and praying over this message, I really thought, well, you could stop here. You could end it, love God, love your neighbor, and be done. But there's, much, there's more to this passage that's sometimes overlooked because it's hard to explain. So let's look at one of the more difficult aspects of love, and that's love yourself completely. Love God, love others, love yourself completely. Jesus says in this passage that we're to love God completely, love our neighbors completely, but he doesn't stop there. Remember, Jesus points out three aspects of love. If we're to just do these three things, then we love completely. He says to love ourselves. Now, before we get too far into this, I want to just make it very clear that we must realize that the love of self is perhaps the root of most sin. The love of self is what causes most problems in our life most problems in the world, and even catastrophes in the world. In fact, Romans 2 and 1 Corinthians 13 explain that self-seeking attitudes are evil, and they lead to anger, and they're the opposite of love. 
And so I'm not talking about loving self and being self-seeking, but loving yourself and loving who God has made you to be. And these seem very different to me. Loving who God has made you to be. There's times in our lives that each one of us at some point forget that God has created us and he's handcrafted us and we were made in the image of the God of the universe. And so that's something worth loving. He loves you. Listen, I don't know if you've ever been told this. This is your first time in a church. Jesus, God, loves you. And you were created by the, by the God of all of the universe. In Genesis 1, when God made human beings, it says God saw all that he had made. Everything. All the grass, all the, all the trees, all the sky, the water, everything. And it was good. When he made humans, when he got to humans, he said it was very good. It was good. Human beings, you and I were very good. God loves you. And he places great value in us. Going to read through a couple of scriptures, and I want you to listen carefully and see if you can find some commonality in them. Ephesians 4 22 says, You were taught with regard to your former life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Colossians 3 Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. First Peter 3, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Instead, it should, be from, it should be of that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is, great of, which is of great worth in God's sight. Do you know what those verses tell me? What those verses tell me is that, that God has great value. You're worth great value in God's sight. Each of us were made in the image of God, and God loves what he's created. Now, we, there might be times where we make ourselves ugly with sin and rebellion and mistakes and error, but that doesn't change God's value on your life. That doesn't change the way that God views you and loves you. Those of, and, and those of us who have accepted Jesus as our Savior have inside of us a new creation that's precious to God. The old self was dirty and it was corrupted by sin, but our new selves that was given to us by Jesus are holy, it's pure, and it's justified from sin. Because of all that, God loves you, so you in turn should love yourself. You should love who God has made you to be. How do we do that? How do we love ourselves practically without falling to the temptation or falling into the trap of self-indulgence or self-seeking? I don't want to sound like a motivational speaker, but many times we just don't know how to love ourselves in a good and godly and positive way. And so quickly, a couple things that we can do to love ourselves wholly, healthily, in a godly way. And these are all biblically based, but to save time, I'm not going to go, and, and I can tell you afterwards if you'd like to. Be positive about who God has made you. Acknowledge the efforts you make and celebrate your success that God has given you. Celebrate that success. Let go of worry and don't allow yourself to get overstressed. Trust yourself. This is a, I love this one. Trust yourself and have confidence in the abilities and gifts that God has given you. Learn to forgive yourself because God has forgiven you. Be truthful to yourself and don't lie to yourself. Express gratitude to God and to others and accept it when it's expressed to you. Learn to relax and have fun. So once again, if you only have 30 days left, 
I believe that we would all try to love God, we would all try to love others, and we would all try to love ourselves more completely. If Derek, if, if he'll go ahead and come, I don't think he's in here, but uh, Mason, if you'll come. So a teacher, we started this way, I'm going to end this way. So a teacher of the law came and he asked a genuine question of Jesus, which is the most important commandment? So you have all these Pharisees, Sadducees coming and trying to trap Jesus, and this one man comes asking a genuine question. What is the most important commandment? Jesus' teaching is the answer to how we love completely. I want you to notice what Jesus says to the man after the man gives the answer to loving completely. Let's reread that passage. Mark 12. Again, hopefully it'll be on the screen. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your mind, with all, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is the one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than any burnt offerings or sacrifices. Pay attention to this part. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then no one dared ask any more questions. Verse 34 is a perfect conclusion to this passage. The teacher of the law is there and he's listening and he asks this question, what is the greatest commandment? And I feel like when he gives the answer, Jesus was impressed with his answer. And he says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Jesus tells him, you're not far. Do you realize what this means for us? Do you realize what this means for him when we intentionally love God? When we intentionally love ourselves or love others completely, and when we love ourselves completely and appropriately, we come closer to the kingdom of God. And there's no other place that I'd rather be than right there at the kingdom of God. And so again, 30 days left. Not really. I, I, I shared with JC, I was like thinking about doing, anyways, a, a bigger illustration and telling everybody you've been poisoned with iocane powder. It's not a real thing. If you've never heard of it, it's from uh, Princess Bride. Great movie. But you have 30 days. You have 30 days left. I would pray that in these 30 days, there, like, for the metaphor, that you would learn to love God completely. That you would learn to love others completely. That you would love yourself completely. If you will, stand with me. I started with a question, if you had 30 days, how would you live? Would your priorities be different? Would your conversations be different? Would you love differently? Would you love completely? Now listen, I'm praying that each and every one of us have a long and healthy 22 and on, 2022 and on. But at the same time, I'm praying that this message would be an encouragement to look at your life, scan yourself, and see are there things that I would do differently this new year? Would I love differently? Would I love undivided? This morning as the worship team leads us in a time of worship and in response, I would ask that you ask yourself these questions, okay? Ask yourself these questions in this time of response. Am I living a life that's divided or am I loving God completely? 
Do I love God completely or is my life a little bit divided? Am I loving my neighbor as I should, even the ones that I don't really care for? And do I love myself in a godly and positive way? After asking yourself these questions and being honest with yourself, because that's the important part is being honest. You can ask yourself, but just lie to yourself. But after being honest with yourself and find your, and if you find yourself struggling with these questions, and I would like to say this altar's open. Pastor Randy or myself would love to pray with you this morning. And, I, and just an encouragement, today is the day to make a change. Today is your day when you can begin to love completely. Let's pray. God, thank you so much this morning for this word. God, thank you, God, that you sent your son to die for us. God, thank you for your grace, God, for your mercy, for your goodness, for your kindness. Lord, I pray, God, as this year goes on, that you would just allow us to love completely. In every asset, of, in, every, in every area of our life, God, in, in, every, in every compartment of our life, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and our strength, God, we would love you. And God, that love that you've given to us, we would extend to our neighbors. And God, that you would teach us how to love ourselves positively in a good and godly manner. Lord, speak to us this morning. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, this altar's open. If you'd like to respond, we'd love to pray with you. If my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. And if the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep, I will lift these hands in faith. I will believe. I'll remind myself of all that you've done And the life I have because of your son Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours, I am forever yours Mountain high or valley low, I sing, I'll remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.